It is Thursday, April 21st. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. And now, honorable mention in the 2022 Big Man Dancing Challenge, J.P. Shadrick. There's always next year. Welcome in. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. My name's J.P. Shadrick. We have a very busy show today. We're one week to the NFL draft in 2022. Finally, a week away. That's seven days of talk for the Jaguars at number one overall. Jaguars analyst Jeff Lagerman standing by. We'll hear from Jaguars defensive line coach Brinson Buckner at 415 today. He can bring the energy. I might get a word in edgewise. We'll see if uh, what coach has to offer today at 415. We'll get his thoughts on settling into Jacksonville and the, the team that he inherited in the defensive line room and uh, what could be ahead. And then Pro Football Focus, senior football analyst Seth Galina at 440 or 445 today. We'll get his thoughts on the NFL draft coming up. Jeff Lagerman will provide his thoughts now. Hello, Jeff. Hey, JP. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Uh, does Buckner still look like he's in playing shape? What are we playing? <laughs> <laughs> no, he's he's fine. He's uh, fine. No, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, <laughs> you know, he first of all, he was a good football player. He played for 12 years. Yeah, he's a good that? football player. And yeah. a lot of uh, you know teams that were rivals of the Jaguars back in the early days. Steeler for a while. Yeah, yeah, good football player for a long period of time. And and uh, when you play the position that he did for 12 years, you did something right. So, so I, that's a, I think that's a great coaching staff hire. I, I'm a big believer that coaching matters. I know there are some people think that it's about the Jimmys and Joes and not the X's and the O's, and I, I think that there is something to that, but I think that coaching does matter. That's why Bill Belichick has been so successful for so long and that he knows how to put people in the right position. He knows how to put people in position to win. And when you can do that, you're going to win a lot of football games. So I like I like good football coaches. They make good football players. Yeah, they can't make what's the old thing? Chicken salad out, out of, of yeah, you know what? Out of chicken something doo doo. Yes, thank yeah. you. Yeah, that's a good good analysis, JP. That's deep. I like that. You're good. You're on it. We're bringing the heat today, and we'll he'll bring the heat. Brinson Buckner at four fifteen today. We'll hear from the Jaguars defensive line coach to get his thoughts on everything. Who they going picking, on. JP? Did he did he? Are we, are we gonna didn't go, squeeze uh, it out of him? You know, I don't. I don't know if I'm going to go there with him because, well, you know, I'm curious, though, like the the process of evaluating all these prospects. They come in for visits. Like, what do you want to know when you have them in the building for a day? Yeah, well, like, I'm, I'm curious. Not, well, I think, what, you just, know, like, what do you talk about with these well, Everything. And it's very informal. I mean, that's yeah. that's the whole reason why they like to bring them in. It's it's a, it's a little bit less of, you, you know, you can't you as an agent or. Uh, whatever you want to call a person that prepares a, a prospect for visits or the combine, you can't prepare a prospect or an individual for seven hours of interaction. Can you do it for 15 minutes? Absolutely. But I, I think it's uh, – that's – I think the, the environment that the coaches and the, and the personnel people like to get these guys in here – because it, 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 they're out of their comfort zone a little bit. They're not as qu quite as prepared. So it's a cool thing. But, JP, here we are a week out. And you know yeah. what we have now entered one week out the, from the, the draft? The twilight zone? The smoke zone. Oh, the smoke zone. And when I say the smoke hmm. zone, anything that you hear from kind of here until the draft, 
is typically going to be some kind of a smokescreen or can be perceived as some kind of a smokescreen to throw people off of a trail or to do whatever. All right, so here's my question about smokescreens. The Jaguars have the number one pick. They can pick anybody they want to pick. Sure. Why would they be putting out smokescreens? What's the point? Well, I don't don't think that they're – Or is it them? I think that they have somebody in mind. But here's the reality. I think if if they were to get any one of three guys, they would be happy. And I don't know who those three guys are. I mean, I've got an idea who I like, but I mean, I don't know exactly who they like. But, but that's how close some of these guys are right at the top of the draft. I really believe that. You know, from uh, Neil to Icky to Hutchinson to. Uh, you know, the uh, the defensive end, Trayvon Walker, Walker from Georgia. I mean, yep. I think all these guys are kind of right there at the top. And I, and I know that typically since you just drafted a quarterback, and, oh, by the way, you got a, I think it's going to be a really good one in Trevor Lawrence last year, it would be awesome if there was a quarterback that could be somewhere at the top of this draft because then you would be able to get a bounty of draft picks to be able to trade this pick away. But you're not going to be able to do that if you're looking for a bounty of picks. So now the question, the next question is, would you feel comfortable trading that pick if somebody were to want it and not getting the haul of picks like the 49ers gave up last year to move up to draft Trey Lance? Right. It's not a quarterback haul in return. Right. You have to maybe change your standard a little bit. Your expectations have to be lowered as far as the compensation that you could receive if you were to have an offer Mm -hmm. to move out of that first overall pick. Now, should they adjust their expectations? I think you have to. I think you have to consider that. Is the phone even ringing? Eh, maybe not. Well, I think the phone always rings. But is the compensation at the level of the expectation and 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 that's why I think that you if you're if you want to do a trade you have to be willing to lower your expectation on what the value is that you're going to get for that first overall pick and I I believe that the team and the Jaguars anybody in the position that the Jaguars are should because there's a lot of guys at the top that are really good you have to consider lowering your expectations as far as what you would receive in a trade if you could trade back a little bit, if you could do that. Or if, that's a big if. And deadline spur action, we're still a week away. I mean, you could, you know, all of a sudden somebody gets. Well, the 49ers did their deal, what, a week ahead of the draft last year. Yeah. yeah. But that's for a four quarterback. For a quarterback. A but in, and at the time, nobody knew who that quarterback was going to be. Yeah. But uh, could something like that happen? I, I, I don't think it would happen. Hmm. Now, but I mean, it could. I mean, could Detroit fall in love with the possibility of having Hutchinson? Sure, Michigan who, guy. Yeah, right Michigan guy, University of Michigan, Detroit. I mean, we did it. Uh, Ashland and I did a, a segment today with wild. the Lions website folks. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, they, they had him in the building the other week, and they've done all this, you know, additional programming around him and these things over the the year and it, they would love to have him in Detroit. Yeah, There's so no I, doubt I, about it. I think that, that that's it's very interesting. And it would have been awesome if there were a quarterback who was at the top 
everybody was thinking that could be a really good prospect, and everybody was saying, yeah, we got to get up and get that Jaguars pick. And then you could have gotten a bevy of picks. I mean, in a perfect world, that would have been exactly what is happening right now, but it's it's not going to happen. So now what? So I think it's going to be interesting, though. And, uh, you know, yep. most of the prognosticators now are, are the, some have Hutchinson, some have Trayvon Walker. Uh, There's still some offensive of them have linemen. Evan Neal. Yeah. Uh, Icky from North Carolina State's right there near the top. But, it's um, clear as mud right now. Yes. It really is. It's I, I think it says as this is going to be as an intriguing of a draft because you know everybody everybody puts together kind of their expected picks whether it be a when I say a mock they try a mock is a lot of times what people are trying to predict what the teams are going to do a lot of times people make a draft list that ranks the players based on that person's individual opinion the mocks I think it's going to there's going to be a lot of mocks that are going to be way off this year because there's so many different guys that are kind of clumped into that talent pool area uh, of the first round. And, and I think a good question is, is I mean, just take, for example, Kyle Hamilton, the safety from Notre Dame. I mean, most people have him rated like the second highest rated player, if not the highest rated player in the draft. Overall, that's correct, yeah. I don't know if he's going to go in the top five, JP. Right. So, <laughs> yeah, you don't know. I mean, no idea. So I think that's going to make it a really interesting draft. It's going to be for me, and I, I've become—I don't—I don't want to say I've become a junkie of the draft, but I've become a fan of the draft because I think it's very intriguing the whole process of how teams come to their opinions. Were you, hold on, it's Jaguars Happy Hour, by the way, on 1010XLAM and Jaguars.com. JP Shadrick with Jeff Lagerman, Brinson Buckner coming up. Jaguars defensive line coach. Were you not a fan of the draft before? When did that change for you? I, I, I would say, I mean, well, I think ever since I started watching more of the prospects, then you become a little bit more, you know, because when you familiarity breeds kind of interest, right? I mean, when you start watching the film of these guys, then you're like, okay, you kind of have an opinion of where their value should be, and then you kind of compare that to where these teams end up picking these guys. And so uh, twofold, that, that I think is intriguing for me because, you know, I'll watch the top, you know, 50, 60 guys and kind of have an idea of where – the first round might go. And then uh, I, I think it's also interesting for me because after the Jaguars draft, you go and you watch all of these draft picks because, I mean, look, I'm, I, I can't watch 1,200 prospects, which is what some of these personnel departments are doing. But, sure. I, but then you go back and you watch the film of the prospects and then you kind of see what some of these traits are. And so when you watch that film, you go, okay, I can't wait until I can see them on the field because I want to see this trait that I saw that I really liked or I saw this trait that I think is a weakness and will that prohibit him from having success at this position but maybe fit better at this position. So it's just it makes it more intriguing for me in that fashion, JP. Off-season program continues. It's still phase one, at least for two more days. Still working in the classroom. Strength and conditioning is key right now. Next week, they're on the field. Phase two, three-week window. Coaches are allowed on the field for the first time, but it's only individual drills and perfect play, air quotes, drills allowed. No offense versus defense, no one-on-ones, no helmets. So you're just doing individual running around. Yeah, I, I, I like I like the format of the offseason. I, I think it's great. I mean, I, I wish – I really do wish that the coach and the player could have a little bit more interaction than what the current CBA rules are. I mean, I, I just think that it just doesn't make a lot of sense to where you have – 
beautiful facilities and a beautiful field and and parties willing to maybe do a little more work than what the opportunity is given to them but yet you can't go i mean i don't I mean, that mindset you, can it's go. Just, it's, you just can't interact <laughs> You can well, go. You, it's you open can't. 365 yeah. days a year. I mean, you can go, you can but, you, but you can't. You, but I mean, my, my point is, JP. Look, if I got a coach, and uh, or or I want to go against an offensive lineman to work, just oh yeah, you can't co- do that. I can't. I can't do that. Sure. So it just doesn't make sense. I mean, in, in the way people are are taught is that how do you get better? Right, so you, you you practice, you work on things. You and know, that's an interesting point. That you know, quarterbacks and receivers throw together all the time off site. Yeah, and in here and what could so you do? That, you could do that against would you an want offensive to? lineman, or but, I mean, but would you want to? You're not protected. You're off site. Right, it's the whole thing. You get right. an injury, but off-site. in theory, you can. Yeah, in theory, you can. But if yeah. if you get an injury, uh, you're good on your luck. own. Yeah, good luck. And that's too much. Too much contact. You know, you're rolling I mean, the dice. For for example, let's say Trevor Lawrence takes three guys, and you know because they've got all this construction going on here, they say, "Hey, you know, we can't work out here anyway, so let's go to High School Field A." And yeah, we'll meet you there at four o'clock. You know, we, we we're good. We can go out there. Uh, one of the guys gets hurt. Yeah. Okay. Non-football injury. Uh, not on the team's time. Not on the team's dime anymore. That's uh that's a hard that's a hard risk to take. It goes back to what we talked about about the decision of some of these guys to not participate in the team's off season program and and work out choose to work out on their own. It doesn't make any sense because of the liability issue. The Jaguars logs will host the twenty twenty two Duval Draft Party presented by Baptist Health a week from tonight at Daly's Place, six o'clock the gates open. You'll enjoy live draft analysis, on-stage appearances by head coach Doug Peterson, and select Jags players will be there also. We'll have our coverage on Jaguars.com on the big screen after the Jaguars' first-round pick also. Register for tickets now, Jaguars.com slash official draft party. I'm watching you. I'm going to watch you, JP. I am going to watch you. Jaguars.com, I'm going to check it out. After the pick, I want, I want to hear all the analysis and information from you. It's a free website. Thank you for joining us. Uh, and thank you for joining us tonight on Jaguars Happy Hour. <laughs> Defensive line coach Brinson Buckner. After this, it's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. J.P. Shadrick with you. Jeff Lagerman back in just a few minutes. Brinson Buckner played 12 seasons as a defensive lineman with the Steelers, Bengals, 49ers, and Panthers. He's been in the NFL as an assistant since his coaching intern days with the Steelers in 2010. He was the D-line coach for three different teams, make it four now since joining the Jaguars. He's in studio with us today. <laughs> Brinson, it's good to see you, Coach. Uh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for the time. Are you settled into Jacksonville yet, <laughs> away from the building? Because you, most of your time, I'm sure, has been spent inside these hallways. Oh, I just got settled last week. Uh, me and the family moved into the house uh, but then the furniture and all the clothes came. So right now we're unpacking boxes all over. So I'm working here, then I'm going home working. Yeah, working. Uh, that's double duty, that's for sure. Uh, which is tougher right now, the unpacking at home <laughs> with the family or here? How's that work? The unpacking. I, I can do this football in my sleep. You know, football is what I do. But the unpacking and sorting, you know, I'm a man. Take it out the box, sit it somewhere, I'll find it. But with a wife, take it out the box, put it somewhere neat, and da 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 
Nah, the football. I take football any day. I love it. Uh, so we, we mentioned your playing career, right? You know, that gets you attention mm-hmm. when you're in front of a room for the first yes. time. But how long does that last until you have to start proving you can help those players get better? Well, no, football is the ultimate fraternity anyway. So when you walk in and you sat where those guys sat, you get a, a sort of respect. But it's three things guys always going to want to know. Do you care about them away from the field? Do you know what you're talking about? Can you help them get better? You know what I mean? And, and that's where it comes in. But I try to build a trust factor with them. I try to tell them I'm not going to put any limitation on them or put any high expectations on them because sometimes as a coach, players get asked to do some unrealistic things that, you know, because coaches just say, no, do this, do this. No, I've played that game. So I know there's going to be some hard downs. There's going to be some good downs. So I let each guy set what their standards are going to be, what what their skills can do. Now let me help you get better at what you're good at. Brinson Buckner with us, Jaguars defensive line coach. You go back to Mike Caldwell in Arizona, I believe, was your first connection together in a coaching staff. 2013 and 14, is that right? Is that the yes, first time? first time. And now you're back with him now as the defensive coordinator. What do you remember about the, the first year? I think he was the inside linebacker coach in Arizona. Yeah, he was the inside linebacker coach and me being a D-line coach. So we worked well together, the yeah. cum- communication, the, uh, the knowledge in which he, he has. Mike has always – been that sort of defensive coordinator in a in a position coach body because of the way he looked at the game. But me and Mike had history before that. You know, we played together with the Carolina Panthers. You did, okay. We played together. Mike married my next door neighbor. Okay, you're really connected then. Who's really Coach Walton's? Who's the defensive back coach here last year? That's his sister. We <laughs> went. We all went to high school together. How about that? So it's it's a crazy connection. So I've been knowing Mike for a while. I know great guy. You know, just his knowledge of football and his understanding and Mike has a unique way of getting people to follow him. You know what I mean? Because he, he, he's not a me, me, me guy. He always like, man, you got to put ownership on. Cause I was a brand new coach coming in when we got together in uh, Arizona. He was like, man, you got to give them ownership of it. You got to make them feel that they're a part of it. You just don't want to be in front of them as a teacher or somebody's just looking down on them. You want them to feel that you're all in the same group working for the same goal and you'll get the best out of your players. Some good teams in, the, in those Carolina days with you guys playing together, yes. right? Yes. Super Bowl run there at one point. Uh, Brenton Buckner with us, defensive line coach. You worked under Bruce Arians, of course, in a couple different stops, Arizona most notably. In your early time working with Doug Peterson, do you have any history with Doug, first of all? <laughs> do those guys compare at all the way they maybe approach um, this time of year? Well, Playing against Doug, you know, because Doug was yeah. a player when I when I was a player, and you know, now as a coach. But you know, him and Bruce are, are very similar. You know, they they have a plan, you know, and that's the one thing I, I I like about both of them. They have a plan. It's written out. We're gonna follow it. These are the standards. We are men. You know, you follow the standard. We're all in this together. Now, Bruce comes with a little bit more explicit. Speaking of cuss words, <laughs> okay. you no, know, Doug is more of the PG version. So, but it's good though. But they they're they're both great offensive mind guys. But they find a way to reach everybody on 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 the team. And the one thing that I take from both of them, Bruce was real big on everybody in the organization has ownership of this. We respect everybody from the guy that's cleaning the bathroom, the guy that's cutting the grass. Everybody's the superstar. 
And that's the same thing Doug did, you know what I mean? Because it, it sets a respect level throughout the building that nobody's looked frowned upon, no one job is bigger than the next because you want to create that family atmosphere. And I, I see the similarities. Both of them have Super Bowl rings as coaches. So, hey, I'm here. That helps, right? You can uh, show off that ring for sure. Brinson Buckner is with us, Jaguars defensive line coach. What's your balance of time these days with trying to get this scheme going? It's phase one of the offseason program. You can have meetings with players. Free agency, the first waves of that were, were busy, right, yes. on the defensive line especially. And then, hey, guess what? There's the draft coming up, and the defensive line names have been mm -hmm. at the top of mock drafts there. How do you balance your time right now? Oh, it's not balanced. It's all tilted toward football. There's no balancing right now. It's all football. You know, my day starts 4.30 in the morning. I'm here in, I'm here in the building, and I get started. When I, when I took the job and I got here, I came in. I got in at 7.30 at night. It was like, oh, here go your free agency list. Jump on it. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so we started because the staff actually got together a little late. So it's really not a balance. We're, we're full steam ahead with the Jacksonville Jaguars. And, you know, it started off with evaluating our guys that was here from last year, getting to know them, then going into free agency. Then all of a sudden, oh, here come the draft. And so you're trying to learn those guys. Then you go back into, now let's start trying to teach our guys the new system. So football is eating up 24 hours in a day. Football is getting at least 18, <laughs> 18 right now. And I'm trying to get my wife two here and there to help with this unpacking. But right. she understands right now that football is, 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 is the main part right now. Just trying to get everything together so when we hit the ground running, we're at full speed. When you contribute to the draft conversation, is that still ongoing now? Is your input part of that done? Like how do, how do assistant coaches contribute to that process? I think we, we contribute all the way through yeah. because uh, Trent, Trent and those guys do a good job all year looking at guys, trying to get this get the ingredients out there for the head coach, the offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, who are the chefs, trying to get the ingredients. And then we come in as sous chefs and like, hey, that ingredient tastes a little bit better than that one. It'll, it'll, it'll be a lot – it'll look more presentable if we have that. And it goes all the way through because things changes. You know, you know guys get hurt. You you might sign a free agent that might take some off or somebody might pop up that you see and like, oh, I can see him in a Jacksonville Jaguar uniform helping us. So up until that pick is made, we're always open with knowledge because you got to be ready when Trent calls you in there, you know, to give him what he wants. Did you work at a restaurant at some point? Like, <laughs> or are you just eating at many of them? I just eating at many of them. <laughs> you can tell I eat at many of them. I wasn't saying that. I was just saying. Brinson Buckner with us, Jaguars defensive line coach. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on 1010XLAM and Jaguars.com. J.P. Shadrick with you. Jeff Logman back shortly. Brinson Buckner with us now. Oh, are you still big man dancing, by the way? We, we found the video on YouTube the other day, <laughs> and um, there was a promo on, like, NFL Network yeah. in the uh, mid-2000s, I guess, when the network started. You had just, I think, finished playing or towards mm -hmm. the end of your career. And there you go, dancing across the stage. Oh, yeah, I still dance. That's All great D-linemen are skillful dancers. You know, I mean, that's a talent you got to have to be a good defensive line, you know. Bad, slow feet don't eat, you know what I mean? You got you got to stay up on your feet. But I'm always doing I got three younger kids, so there's always some kind of TikTok dance going on in the house. And, you know, growing up a lot, I danced a lot, party around. You know, I'm not the average big guy, you know what I mean? I actually think I sort of grew into this bottom. I'm like a DB or wide receiver that just found – Found out he liked eating a lot, too, <laughs> and that took over. So it sort of changed my destiny, you know, going down the line. But, yes, I, 
I dance every now and then. We're not going to ask for it now. We'll uh, we'll wait until the practice field and all that. I'm sure we'll we'll see it uh, come out. So uh, let's get to your group now that you've inherited. You said the first thing you do is look at free agents. Then you pop in, hey, what do you have here on the team? At what point when you're up for a job or you know you might be up for a job and then you land the job, do you get into the tape of what you have? And, and what did you inherit on the defensive line here? Are you always, you know, before taking a job or if your name is mentioned in a job, oh, let's, let's go see what's in the cupboard. You know what I mean? And, you know, going and looking and actually this year, had some insight because we actually played Jacksonville, yeah. you know, being in Arizona. And, and you see the guys, uh, Roy Robinson-Harris, a guy that I've admired since he was in Chicago, you know, a guy who was a outside linebacker defensive end, finally grew into his body now becoming an interior defensive lineman. Davon was a guy at uh, Ohio State that I did plenty of background checks on and talking to him and interviewing him when he came out. Malcolm Brown has been a player since he's been in this league, you know, playing nose guard. Disruptive three technique. Um, I I've had um, you had Arden Key. I had Arden Key. Free yes. agent pickup. I had him yeah. as Oakland as a second second yeah. guy as a uh, second year player. Yeah. And you know Arden has really developed. You know over time now he's coming into being that player that a lot of people thought he was going to be coming out of LSU. Mm -hmm. And he's matured a lot, and you know the violence and the smart the wish he's played. And then you know you start throwing in the free agents, and I like to go to Jay, Jay Tafoli. Yeah. You know I went to his pro day, you know doing doing COVID and worked him out. So I got a lot of knowledge being around these guys. And what I found out, you got a good group, got a good group of guys. You know, and I told them from day one, it's no magic trick to being successful, and it's not an easy procedure. You know, we got to come in. First of all, you got to you got to identify and claim what you did wrong. You got to you got to own it. You got to own it now. Let's go correct it because all the time as a D line, you want to be the foundation. And I use this analogy all the time. People, you drive by, see beautiful homes. Everybody want to talk about the decorations, what the paint looked like, the roof. Don't nobody remember the guys out there that was cultivating the ground, laying the foundation, making sure it was sturdy enough to build this house. And that's what the defensive line is. And what we got to do is eliminate the cracks and get rid of all the bad pieces so when we lay this foundation, Mike is going to be able to build a defense that can stand the test of time because the defensive line has to be the sturdy foundation. Brenton Buckner with us, Jaguars defensive line coach. A couple more minutes with you here. Uh, we mentioned Arden Key, one of those free agent pickups. But Foley Fadukasi is a guy that, that came in here, or came in the league as a sixth-round pick, didn't play his rookie season, worked his way up at the end of his time in New York as a defensive captain, and gets that big free agent deal. Uh, it seems like everybody's fired up about what he can bring to this organization. And, and just hearing him talk the other week, I mean, it, it fits right in with yes. the rest of those good guys in that room. Yes, and, and Foley is a you know, great guy. I've been admiring him for a while, you know, and I like to tell fans and people, don't get caught up in the draft. These, everybody that, that gets a helmet is a professional football player. Everybody can't go number one. But when you get in there and you see a guy, he gets in and he grinds and he works. And the one thing he's going to have with him when he comes in is a chip on his shoulder. Because we all are competitors, and we all feel that we should go higher than what we really do. So it, it drives you. And that's the one thing he, he did. He built himself up with the Jets. You saw him every year get better and better and better. He's a physical guy. He's a hard hat type of guy. 
all the great players are not the flashy guys that you see on ESPN. You see those guys. It's somebody else that's doing the hard work, and that's what he brings. He brings a he brings a a a grown man mentality, as I as I like to say. He is his nays are his nays, and his yeses are his yeses. You know, it's straightforward, but it's good in that in that room because you can have a guys that are a little light here and keep it light, but you also got to have that one guy when it's time to go to work, it's time to go to work. But you know, he he's been great. He's a super smart young man, like very very inquisitive. Most people sign big contracts and they come in and they got all the answers. No, he's steady. He's steady challenges of coach. How can I get better? No, what do we need to? What do I need to work on, coach? Hey, these are some things I saw in my game last year. And as a coach, that's what you want. You know, a guy coming at us begging for knowledge because they all got skill. Knowledge is what they seek. But then you get guys who really seek it and come for it. You know, you can't help but ready to get your hands on those guys. Brenton, I'm not going to ask you about um, you know individual prospects. That's not fair. But I, I'm curious about the process of evaluating mm-hmm. those prospects. When yeah, there's the combine. You're looking at tape from the last couple of years, all that, and then they come in for visits. We, we've seen the names reported that have uh, allegedly come through here. So, what do you want to find out in that day that they're in the building? That you are you just filling in holes in the evaluation with them do you just want to sit them down how much time do you get with some of these guys when they come in what do you want to know personally i want to feel out if i like you or not i don't want to coach somebody i don't like and i don't want to be around because you know we spend so much time together so you got to have that relationship type of guy i don't want no jerks i don't want to sit there and coach nobody that he don't like me i don't like him we don't have nothing in common so really when a guy comes sit with me I pretty much know what you can do as a football player. I talk to you and see how you respond. You know, do you have tough skin? Do you laugh? What you like to do? Do you got a family? What drives you? Because me as a coach, I got to know all those variables before I coach you. It's not just you walking here, I coach you, and you go home. I got to know if you if something wrong with you, something happened at home. I got to be able to know that, and I got to I got to be sensitive to that because I tell these guys all the time when when you sit in that room as a final jaguar. I've entrusted everybody in this organization with their job, and I gave it to you because I told Doug and I told Trent, this guy can help us win. Same thing, you got to entrust your family to me that I can give you everything you need to take care of your family. And so I want to see those guys who are going to be ready to reciprocate that. You know, and some guys coming here will be great talent, but I'm like, I don't really want to coach this guy because he's going to be a me guy. You know, in my room, it's going to be us. You know, on this team, it's going to be us. And so when I, you sit down with him, you get that. Then when you go back to Doug and Trent, hey, he's he's a Jaguar. He's an us guy. It's all about what can he do for the team. He wants to be a star in his role. He don't have to be the, the main attraction. Like I, I tell the guys in the room, Tito Jackson, he never let us on, but he got every Grammy that Michael got when he was at Jackson 5. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> he got every – He got every, so sometimes you have to be the background singer. You're going to get all the awards. You might not get to hold the mic. But you get all the benefits, and those are the guys that you really want. When you're a team, it's about the it's, it's about the team. Yes, there were one, two, three, four, five in the Jackson Five last I checked, right? Yes, yes, that's a, it's a team effort for sure. <laughs> How exciting! Now next week, f- final thought here. Mm-hmm. Next week's phase two, and you're on the field with the guy. There's no helmets. Mm-hmm. It's not real football yet, mm-hmm. but it's as close as we've been in a long time. How excited are you to actually get out on the grass with this team? Um, I'm super excited. Uh, because knowledge is not knowledge until it's applied. So we're in, the, we're in the room. I can tell you about the technique. I can show you film. But now let me go see you do it. That's another evaluation step. That's another way to sit in there, getting it on film, making sure 
you know, everything is right. Well, let's correct your step. So, but that's football. Football is played in the grass. It's on the grass. It's you out there. You getting the feel back into it, and that's when the excitement comes. And that's another value process, evaluation process for me. I want to see the guys that look at it as, it's, I'm not obligated to be here. This is an opportunity for me to get better every day. That's when you know you got a good bunch. When they come here and they're, they're ready to go to work. And what my job is and what I pride myself in, I want to make it fun because I want you to be able to do something Thursday that you couldn't do on Wednesday. So you look forward to going out there and getting better. Then before you know it, you can start to see what's coming on the horizon because you put in all the work. Coach, it's great to see you. Thanks Thank for the insight. Uh, you might have um, – I think you auditioned well. I think you're going to have a regular segment on some of these shows. Uh, thank you very much. I love it, man. I'm happy to be a, a Jaguar, man. I told the guys before, I've never won as a visiting player on the other sideline. So, uh, I know what Duval County is about when these Jaguars are rocking and rolling. So, that's what we look, look forward to doing. Former Steeler. Uh, actually, uh, with the Steelers, you, you played pretty well in a couple games against the Jags. But that's been a while. I lost the first one ever down here. Golly. Uh, it hurt well, everybody. You know, it was hard coming down here playing these Jaguars <laughs> early on in them years, though. But it's great. Now, I'm on this side. So, let's get it going. It's coming soon. The uh, Jaguars are future-focused and ready for a new look in 2022. Join us at the bank this season. Lock in your seats at Jaguars. Jaguars.com slash tickets or call 904-633-2000. Jeff Lagerman back in a moment. Seth Galina, a pro football focus coming up shortly. And it's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on a Thursday afternoon. J.P. Shadrick with Jeff Lagerman back with us now. Brenson Buckner, the Jaguars defensive line coach. Uh, yes, I told him at the end, I think you passed the audition. We're looking forward <laughs> to interviewing him a lot. No, nah, he's fun. He's a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, I, I got kind of hold against him a little bit that he's a Clemson guy. Oh, yeah. You know, Clemson used to beat up my Virginia Cavaliers quite often while Still I was do, there. Still do. And, and long after. Yeah. I was going to say, that, uh, that wasn't just when you were there. Yeah, but he's uh, I, I, you go back just real quick. People remember him probably, and he mentioned his days with the Steelers. I, I think the most dominant period that he had as a player was when he was in Carolina when he played alongside Julius Peppers, and I think it was Rucker, and then uh, I, I pulled it up, Chris Jenkins. I mean, those four guys that were in Carolina, and that was when Carolina was really good. Early 2000s. And they yeah. went to the Super Bowl yeah. and had Dom Capers. I mean, they, they were they were balling, and so – Buckner was a part of that defensive line that was so good. How about that? So his final thought there, hey, you know, never played well in Jacksonville. It's it's true. Like he he only was part of one winning team in one, two, three, four, five trips to Jacksonville. Mm -hmm. Losses with the Steelers in '95. Mm -hmm. Lost with the Steelers in '96. Yeah, we owned them. <laughs> Lost with Cincinnati in '97. Yeah, we we dominated Cincinnati too. Lost with San Francisco in '99. Here. 41-3, to three, mm -hmm. and then Carolina beat the Jags in 03 here in Jacksonville. Yeah. So, there you go. Yeah, he he did have a whole lot of success. That's good. Yeah. That's what it's supposed to be. That's right. I mean, Home field advantage. Yeah, you're supposed to have that here, right? I mean, that's the way it's supposed to be. Yes. And I'm looking forward to Hello. seeing his interaction with this group of defensive linemen. Let's get back linemen. to them days. Need to get back for sure. Hey, it's one week till the NFL draft logs. Uh, mm. Pro Football Focus recently launched a special podcast series entitled Hutch. Guess who it's about? Um, Aiden Hutchinson? Yes, correct. It's about his childhood, the early years at Michigan, and the incredible 2021 season he had as a Heisman finalist. Seth Galina is senior football analyst with Pro Football Focus. 
He's been locked into the draft, and with a week to go, he joins us on the program right now. Hey, Seth, it's nice to talk to you. Thanks for the time today. Man, anytime. I, I'm kind of wearing a, a – I don't know what color I'm wearing. I think it's kind of close to teal. So I think I'm, I'm you know, trying to lock in here with the Jaguar stuff. Well, we appreciate that. Um, you know, the Jaguars for a second straight year have the number one <laughs> overall pick. Everybody's watching the Jaguars right now to see what happens because as we were talking about Logs and I earlier, it's kind of clear as mud right now. There's all these different mocks with different names. What's your feeling right now? I mean, I still think Hutchison is going to be the pick. I do think where there's smoke, there's fire in regards to Trevon Walker potentially being the pick. I really, I mean, like I, like I said, I do think it's going to be Hutchison. I don't think you can really go wrong with this pick in the sense that there's, I don't know, I want to say six to seven players who this season could be a number one overall pick. So then you just got to figure out, okay, what position do we feel like we need um, a player at the most? It seems for the Jaguars to be at edge because you're hearing about Hutchinson and obviously you're hearing about Siobhan Walker playing the same position, give or take. So I think that's where they go, but I don't think you can go wrong. Um, at the end of the day, you got to hope you pick the right one. But in terms of the process and everything, you know, there's you have your quarterback already. Um, if honestly, if you want to go safety, if you want to go corner, I think that would be fine too. Um, but at tackle for sure, they could go. Um, but obviously, it seems like Hutchison uh, is the pick. Seth, if you if you look at these tackles that are in the in the draft and mainly at the top of the draft, and it seems to be two of them. Which one do you like the best? Do you like the one from North Carolina State or the one from Alabama? I like the one from Mississippi State the best. Oh, wow. Sure. Charles okay. Cross. Yeah. I, I think there's – I think I would put all three of them in that kind of tier one group of tackles that, to me, they're all top ten picks. And so just because I like Charles Cross the best doesn't mean, doesn't mean anything, really. I think you have to live in a world where – Let's say the Jaguars do take an edge player at, at, at one. Wherever you are picking after that, you're just, you're just saying, hey, let me get one of those guys. And they all do something a little different, obviously, with, with Charles Cross. Um, I thought he was the best tackle in 2021. Now, we have issues in 2019 and 2020. You can play those off. When you look, when you look at the history of him there at Mississippi State, you can play them off a bit, coaching change and all that stuff. With at Kwanu and Neil, you have a kind of a bigger sample size of really good play. Um, but I thought, you know, Cross was, Cross was incredible in 2021. I think once they, he figured out what was going on there, playing a different system that he thought he was going to be playing in his career at Mississippi State as they went to Mike Leach from Joe Moorhead. So I thought he was, he was, I really thought he was amazing in 2021. But the other two are great too. Like I said, top, all three of them are top 10 players. Be happy whichever, whichever one you get. I think one of the most uh, interesting prospects as uh, far as where he will go in the draft is the safety from Notre Dame, Seth Hamilton. He, he seems to have kind of a – or seems to be kind of a, a little bit of a cross between a safety and a linebacker. He's got the size or at least the height it seems like to be like a linebacker. He's got very good ball skills. Many people have him rated as the best prospect in the draft. But when I look at the 40-yard dash time and the speed watching his film – I don't see it. Uh, what do you think of him and where do you think he'll go? Yeah, I wonder if he's, you know, with that 40 time. Now, I will say that his 
flying 20. I just saw a tweet about this today, actually. So it, it kind of eased my concerns a bit where his, his flying 20, so the last 20 yards of his 40 were very good. So maybe it's an acceleration thing, which obviously, you know, you, you're a safety, you want to have great acceleration, but clearly something is, is needs to be worked on in, in terms of his start. Um, but he is, I think he is still a fast player and, and you can kind of see that on film. What I like about Hamilton, he really is the modern safety, right? He's not locked into being either a deep safety or an in-the-box safety or a man coverage safety or something like that, right? I think he can do a lot of stuff. I thought what they did uh, at Notre Dame with him, uh, you know, Clark Lee was the defensive coordinator one year and then Marcus Freeman the next year. I thought just like moving him around, you know, playing weak safety, I think that's going to be a very interesting position going forward in the NFL schematically, being able to double weak side receivers, being able to come down at the box when you need to, uh, being able to play in the deep center field when you have to, but again, not locked into a certain role, just being versatile enough to do that. And I think another guy like that, who honestly um, might fall, I don't think he should fall to the second round, but Lewis Seen from Georgia is another player who has that versatility. You really have two really good safeties in this, in this draft class. Seth Galina from Pro Football Focus. Give him a follow at PFF underscore Seth. A couple um, thoughts with you here before we let you go here. You know, Jaguars have the 33rd overall pick, too. Um, They're still kind of looking, it feels like, for that deep threat receiver. First off, it feels like it's a pretty deep wide receiver class, at least from what you see and read. Uh, Maybe not at number one overall, but 33, that could be in play. Well, the Jags... could they find another interior offensive lineman somewhere at that point, too, like a, a Linderbaum? Does he fall that far? That's two big questions in one. Let's start with wide receiver. What's What do you make overall of this class, and could that be in play at 33? Yeah, I think wide receiver is one of these position groups that not just this year, and we've seen in the past few years, and honestly we're going to see the next 10 years or so, where every – class of wide receivers coming out is going to be a very good class just because this is how football is played now high school kids are in pass heavy offenses they're going to play seven on seven in the springtime they're getting all these reps and then obviously they're going to college and you know college offenses are also um you know getting pass heavier uh as we go on so you're going to just have a lot of receivers and it seems like we're we continue to find really good ones in that 20 to pick 20 to 45 type of range. So in this one, you know, there's obviously, you know, you're thinking, you know, down the field, vertical threats. Jameson Williams is the top, probably the top guy in this class. Obviously we're not thinking about the Jaguars getting him. He should go in the teens somewhere. Someone like Christian Watson from North Dakota state, another uh, flyer um, there could be available at 33 and Sky Moore from Western Michigan could be available at 33, another speed receiver. Down the field. I think the interesting thing with the receiver class this year is when does the first receiver get taken? I see them all as guys who in that tier one group who would be somewhere in the teens. But if the team feels like they need a guy early, and I mean, I've seen this before, um, Garrett Wilson, the wide receiver from Ohio State to the Jets at four, all of a sudden that might start the run. Right. And now if you're the Jaguars at 33 saying, hey, we need a receiver, um, some of the guys you might like might be already gone. Seth, every year it seems like the first round has some type of surprise, whether it be a surprise from a team trading up or a player being selected or even possibly a player that was really undervalued who ended up being maybe one of the best players in the draft in the first round. Do you see any surprises on the horizon? I mean, I know there's a player that I really like um, 
the defensive end from Penn State, Arnold Ebichetti. I think his there's I've seen such a wide range in terms of you know ranking on a big board, even through mock drafts. I, I truly believe he's a top 15 overall type of player. And it is a really good edge rusher class as well. So the second to me he falls past even 20, you're looking at a guy who for me is great value and is honestly going to be a starter. I, look, who knows, but I feel like he's going to be a starter right away. So that would be my surprise. Um, either a surprise that he goes as high as I think he should go. Um, if another, if a, you know, an NFL team feels the same way, or this is a surprise where he goes in this late first or second round, and then he's putting up sacks from day one, whatever team he goes for. Well, you're on the record now. We're going to hold you to that, uh, Seth, uh, come draft night a week from now. Uh, what do you have coming up in the next week, getting ready for the draft, Seth? Yeah, we have, uh, obviously, you guys talked about it, the Hutch Podcast. You can go on PFF um, or go on YouTube and find that and um, listen to the future Jaguar, I, I would assume, uh, and Hutchinson talk about his life. And, yeah, just we're, we have our draft show Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday all day, draft recap show Sunday. So it's all draft all the time with PFF right now. No doubt about it. Thanks for taking some time out at PFF underscore Seth. Seth Galina from Pro Football Focus. We'll talk to you soon, Seth. See you, guys. We're back in just a moment. Logs, we're going to go around the NFL. All right. And we'll uh, recap some of the things we just heard from Seth there about the Jaguars. Uh, I think he's an interesting guy to talk with, and uh, PFF is a it's a very different way of evaluating things sometimes because they use a lot of metrics. They do. Know, do you even know what that is? Well, I've got three minutes to find out during this analytics commercial metrics. You know, yeah, all that. that all that. I was told stuff. there would be no math. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. We're back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. If you're watching us on Jaguars.com or the Jaguars social channels, logs, those are Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Mm. You're looking live at the Football Performance Center outside TIAA Bank Field. Concrete blocks are going up. And, I mean, multiple stories worth of concrete blocks. Oh, yeah. They keep expanding the footprint of concrete being poured. And uh, things are happening, which is cool. And uh, it's, uh, it, it's, it's very cool. Hey, by the way, you mentioned uh, YouTube. Yes. Did, did you see The Hunt? The Hunt, yes, absolutely. On YouTube. Fantastic. It was good. I'm Unbelievable looking forward, access. Looking forward to the next uh, edition. I, I'm, I'm just a little while away, I think. But, yeah, you can check out the first two episodes of The Hunt. But they, uh, incredible behind-the-scenes access uh, granted by the football department and getting ready for the combine and then free agency and everything around it. So access, check it out. Access like that, I, you know, I, I think for, for the longest period of time, the NFL teams always thought that it was just, uh, you know, well, we can't let anybody in. It's, you know, we're – you know, don't figure out what we're doing. I mean, come on. It's not rocket science. It's football. And then I think the access, it just, it just makes fans even more interested in the great sport. We don't show the draft board or anything. Yeah, I mean, that'd be but, nice, though. I mean, would yeah. it? I don't even want to know. <laughs> I'd, love, I'd love to see everybody's draft board. <laughs> After the fact would be kind of fun, right? Hey, see who no. was ranked where, right? What, yeah. what, I mean, tell honestly, wouldn't it be cool if you had, if, if the NFL required every team to turn in their draft board? Before the draft. Wow, yeah. And that you had all the teams draft boards. You know who's you know who's and, and not, what. not from a standpoint of trying to tell somebody what somebody's gonna pick, 
but just out of curiosity about how different people are valued. Well, you know what would happen then? You would send the fake board in, and the real board would be hidden <laughs> behind some curtain. That's what would happen. Maybe. Maybe, but, I mean, it would be, a, it would be very interesting to compare just the different assigned values that they have for different players. I mean, because, I mean, it, it, and it has to be extremely varied, right? I mean, that's – human beings are different. They think different. By the way, this afternoon, uh, Maurice Jones-Drew put out his second mock draft. Who do you have at number one, Trayvon Walker? Trayvon Walker. Still, he's sticking with it. Sticking with Walker. I just I, – I think he's a really good player. He's got great closing speed. He's strong. He's got super strong hands. He's very raw as a pass rusher. And he's got uh, positional flexibility. I think he's a very good player. But the production, you know, year after year after year, uh, I, I don't know if it's been there, but I can tell you this. He's going to be a really good football player, really good football player. And I think he's more of a, of a natural 3-4 end. And then once they get to four down, he can play inside, he can play outside, he can do either one. Let's go around the National Football League. Only a couple of nuggets today. The NFL schedule announcement date has been announced. A lot of announcing going on, and yeah, because they're gonna, you know, put it over a few different days. May fourth, they will announce the international games, of course, including the Jaguars at Wembley, and then May twelfth, the full schedule released. There are a couple other dates where the first game of the year is announced, and then select games. Uh, so it's a long, drawn-out announcement. Well, it creates news. I mean, that's, <laughs> yes, it does. the The NFL offseason has become the NFL out of season, and the information still comes flowing. And that's the, that's what makes the NFL great: is the free agency and the draft and the yep. schedule announcement it makes it uh, makes it very interesting all year. Debo Samuel requesting a trade from the 49ers. Show uh, me the money. You, uh, would you? Uh well, what would you give up? I mean, would he draft pick wise? Yeah. Or would you even want to? Uh well, I mean, he's a great player and he's he's got uh, great flexibility. I would love to have him. But what's what's the cost? I don't think the Niners going to give him up. Come on. Well, no, they don't want to give him up. But no. what's the cost? Your left arm. No, I'm not giving up my left arm. <laughs> That's probably what it's going to take. I need it. Yeah. Uh, Logs, great show. Seth Galina, Pro Football Focus. Thanks for his time. And I uh, can't wait to see you on Jaguars.com next Thursday. Yeah, and Jaguars Radio. Oh, yeah. We're That's doing right. a show. Oh, yeah. Looking forward to that. That'll be, what, 6 to 7 to uh, midnight. No, 7 to midnight. 7 to midnight. Me and Frank <laughs> and lots of other guests. And you will be a part of those guests. Joe Fortunato, Brent Reber, Brinson Buckner, Joe Fortunato. I'm J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman. We'll see you next time.